We're sitting here with Chad Collier, founder and CEO of CarSaver. This is Amplify, a retail automotive podcast brought to you by Reuters Events and DeSoto. It's time to make the most innovative voices in retail automotive louder. Chad, we had to come all the way to Vegas to meet each other, even though we live like 15 minutes Man, away. right? <laughs> always happens. And here we are in Vegas. <laughs> there we always go. Always happens. We hey, we got to do it in Vegas. Well, thanks for joining us of and, and uh, getting on the podcast. Um, you know, you uh, you sit in a very, very interesting position in, in the auto industry with CarSaver. You uh, have been through... Uh, multiple places and the touch points that you have across industry partners and dealers and third-party marketplaces is quite wild. Describe like where CarSaver fits in in the automotive ecosystem right now. Man, that's a that's a great question. We have uh, we have had the opportunity to work with a lot of different partners in the industry, and uh, really fortunate because uh, the amount that we've learned in the last decade uh, doing this has been phenomenal. But CarSaver, you know, our role is we're a end-to-end enterprise e-commerce platform for the automotive industry across all tiers. So we enable a customer to buy, finance, insure, and protect cars. Uh, really think about, when you think about digital retail, we're kind of the entire 360. So we're you're able to buy a car on our platform, but you're also able to service your car uh, and, and then upgrade it, sell your car, trade your car. You can do everything within our, within our marketplace. Um, on one side of our platform, we license the platform to uh, the industry. So brands like Nissan, we're Nissan's e-commerce platform in the U.S. Uh, we have lenders who, uh, who use our platform to retain their existing auto loan customers and help them upgrade to another car. And then we have insurance partners who uh, we power their total loss program. So if a customer's you know, car is uh, totaled, they refer them to us and we are able to send them back to uh, find a car from a dealer within our network. And then on the other side of our platform, we are a B2C marketplace where we power the auto buying program for Walmart. iHeart is a partner of ours and, uh, and some other promotional partners that drive traffic to the marketplace for their customers to be able to buy new and used cars. A couple things. A couple few things. What did, what did you do before car, you found a car saver? Um, I've done, I did a couple tech, uh, had a c- couple of auto tech deals, but my, my background forever is I was a dealer. So I started washing cars when I was in high school. Man, I would lead with that every time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm a dealer. I, uh, I spent 20 years in, uh, I owned Ford and Lincoln Mercury dealerships across the Southeast. So The wow. parts of it that you miss? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I love retail. Retail is, uh, you know, when retail's in your blood, it never, uh, never leaves. So I'm a, I'm a retail guy in and out, and uh, I love tech. I love technology. I love what where our industry's headed. You know, conferences like this to see the the um, the motivation that uh, that the industry have and the shifts that are going on. I think it's great. Um, so we love. We're just happy to be a part of it. Speak, awesome. Speaking of motivation, um, everyone seems really motivated right now. That we're cocktail that hour. Cocktail hour just started. So if you hear a little bit of of shenanigans in the background. <laughs> just putting that out there. It's a great industry. It really is. It, talk about energetic, energetic people who actually like doing business together. And there's kind of just this very familial like acknowledgement, especially if you've been a dealer. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, the fact that you just pulled out, I used to wash cars. Like, that's my favorite part. There oh, you yeah. Go. That's, that's the best. So because you deal with 
so many different parts of the market, right? And you you touch the dealer, you touch the customer, you touch the industry partner, you touch the OEM. Where are the gaps that you guys are seeing and finding in right now the customer experience? What are the gaps that we still have yet to fill as an industry? Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's a good question. We started Walmart. So when we started with Walmart in 2016, our goal was to build a end-to-end all brands marketplace where customers could go end-to-end, buy, finance, insure all brands of cars. Our first customer we sold was a $6,000 used car who, honestly, we thought that's probably our target audience. Our second car we sold was a $250,000 Bentley. That's nuts. <laughs> that that's average hel- is pretty good. That's out of, hilarious. Out of a Walmart store in Stewart, Florida, that was our second purchase. What and was so, the reaction when that second one came through? Because <laughs> right? when the first one, you were expecting that, right? Like you said, you're like, okay, okay, this is what we were expecting, great. And then the, the second one drops, and what does the team do? What I love about it is the guy walked into Walmart, walked up to our kiosk. We have kiosk inside of Walmart. He walked up <laughs> to the kiosk, the kiosk. and he said, do you carry Bentleys? And... This gentleman was dressed very normal, uh, and our associate, I mean, we were brand new. Our associate, you know, said, y- yes, I, I think we have Bentleys. I, I she wasn't expecting that uh, that question, but she goes to the, to the kiosk and helps them navigate, and surprisingly, we had the exact car he's looking for. And what had happened is we had a Buick dealer that was not only Buick, they were Buick and Bentley. And so in their inventory feed, they sent us their Bentleys with their Buicks. Just sticking with the Bs. So, wow. Right. So we, we sold the Bentley, but you would have never expected the customer to look like what he looked like yeah, as a Bentley buyer. Of course. And so, you know, the old, you never never prejudge a customer. Well, Walmart never, says there's like really two demographics that shop there, right? One is because they, they're looking for the value, like pricing, like they need it to buy the stuff that they need. They need to go to Walmart because of the pricing to get everything they need. And the other side are the people that just want to get the best price on everything, regardless of their income level, regardless. And what's well, crazy, the Bentley it's the driver's like, two. I just need to pay that much money for my Cocoa Puffs, right? Yeah. right. <laughs> 179 <laughs> is the price. Right? <laughs> he came in to buy his grandson a fishing pole. Come on. And he bought a Bentley. <laughs> what a story. That's literally what he came in for. Uh, Walmart's actually the number two place Please, that millionaires shop. How many shop. times have you told... It's the number... <laughs> What, wait, the number, what? number two place that millionaires shop. That's unbelievable. It's it the, the number one place. Pl- Sam's uh, Club. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not allowed to say because it's a Walmart competitor, so oh, I can't, okay, uh, okay, I can't okay, go there, but I'll, okay. let you, I'll let you guess. Okay. That's unbelievable. But millionaires like value as much as anybody. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the, right. at the end of the day, everybody can, loves value. Can I add, how many times have you actually told the story of the first and second purchase out there? Because I've never it's heard that. I feel like you story. need to, like, shout just that lit us we do need to, we, do need to, we do need to share it more. It, uh, we, we share it all the time, but I, I need to share it more. If you guys yeah. haven't heard it, then uh, most of the industry probably hasn't heard it. Because, well, you know, yeah. you guys are to get some more people so. to hear it now. But, but that is that's, just a great story. That's unbelievable. I've, I can't remember where all that started, but I think it was like the gaps that we're it trying to solve. Yeah, yeah, there we go. We, the should, we should get there because I feel like you had a, a lead to that. Yeah, yeah we just so, hijacked Yeah, so on the, on the gaps, basically um, what we learned trying to solve for that breadth of a customer. So you had a you know used car buyer. We have a lot of subprime customers, and then we have prime cash buyers. And trying to facilitate an online buying experience for all of those across – all the different makes, all the different systems we have in automotive, all the different lenders and lending we have in automotive was very, very complex. And so as we started solving for it, one of the things I 
take a lot of pride in what we do is we solve, we were solving for it for our own customer in Walmart, but we get paid through the, through the Walmart channel on transactions. It's a transactional model. And so if a car doesn't sell, we didn't get paid. And so we were very motivated to make sure we connected all the dots and closed all the gaps because at the end of the day, that was how we made revenue. And so as we started talking to industry partners who were looking to kind of do similar things with their customer experience, um, I felt like we had an advantage for a lot of those gaps because we'd solved for many of them. And so some of those gaps are things like a trade-in. The majority of our industry still does trade-ins as an online form. They'll give you a value, an estimated value, but have you come into the dealership. Right. Well, it's hard to close an online transaction if you have to go to the de- dealership it's literally to do impossible. Your it's not even just it's hard. Impossible. It's very impossible. Um, <laughs> just call it speaking. <laughs> a lot of our industry is estimated payments. You know, yep. they'll give you an estimate on payments. Um, starting to get better at soft pool and some of those components, but really actually doing a full financing. And one of the things we learned early was that customers don't know how to structure a car deal. Um, Dealers no are way. really surprised. <laughs> Obviously, the sales desk is really, really good at that. Customers yeah. are not. And so a lot of the systems would just let a customer build anything they want, any kind of structure they want. And then when they submit it to the bank, the surprisingly, like, it gets turned out. Yeah. Wild. No and wild so, stuff. you know, building all that into the customer experience where, you know, in the back end, it is automated to make sure the customer is always building a structure that's within the lender's guidelines so that they can get approved when they hit submit. Um, we learn, we've learned a lot. We have learned a lot about closing those gaps. And, uh, and a lot of the stuff work we do with Nissan. Um, Nissan's goal this year is to do 15% of all their uh, new Nissans sold through Nissan Buy at Home with online transactions. So really seeing traction, seeing it really start to gain as, we've, as we have closed those gaps. And uh, there's still a lot of work to be done, a lot of work and I would say, the handoffs and the way we hand off to, to our dealer partners and... Uh, just continue to make that experience easier and, and simpler. Probably the last thing I'd say is I think we're at, at a point now where customers have more data, more transparency than a lot of times our salespeople do. Yeah. Um, our salespeople have to go to the desk to get all that information when the customer's already got it yeah. in their hand. Without and so doubt. what's your customer's trade worth? Oh, let me go ask my manager. Well, the customer is sitting there with it in front of them. They've already done it on KBB, like, Edmonds. Why, right, why can't our salesman know? Yeah. So, you know, I think we got to we got to get better at putting, giving the tools to our to our salespeople too, so that they can be as transparent as our online tools are with the customer right there in the in the dealership showroom and kind of eliminate some of those back and forth that take a long time and and waste time and and they're not transparent. Yeah. Well, Chad, you made us laugh. You told us some stuff we didn't know, and it's really encouraging just to know your background and see you uh, pushing forward. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for what you do for the industry. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Amplify podcast brought to you by Reuters Events and Asotu. For more engaging episodes like this, subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about our hosts, Paul J. Daly and Cal Mountier by visiting asotu.com.